this is Aubrey. I'm Brenna. This is Teaching with Satire. All right, everybody. Welcome. Yeah. We're excited today. I think this is going to be fun. I do too. Um, we're talking about our nostalgic cultural shifts in literature and movies. Yes. Um, there's three big ones for us. Uh-huh. So for reference, we were born in 1993. Three. Two and three. Yes. So we're the same age-ish. But our big three are Harry Potter, uh-huh. Twilight, uh-huh. and then dystopian movies and books. Yes. And so we want to kind of talk about why we like them, what they're about, when they came out, why they were such a big deal, and then the shifts that happened over time. Because Harry Potter came out, the first book was in 1997. It's a long time ago. A long time ago. And then, I know. And then, I mean, dystopian movies just stopped being a thing probably seven or eight years ago, I would say. And there's still like dystopian TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not quite to the caliber that they used to be at. Right. And so, yeah, so we're going to talk about all of that and just kind of give you our thoughts. And then, like, as English teachers, like, what we like and not don't like about them. Mm-hmm. All the things. So, yeah. let's get into it. All right. So, Harry Potter. First one. So, like I said, it came out in 1997, and then the last book came out in 2007. And she did about one book a year through book four and then after that it was about every two years which makes sense because books one two and three were really short four five six and seven were really long so long and so it makes sense that it was about two-ish years every time Uh um but that what that means for us is that we were five when that book came out and we were 15 when the last book came out Mm -hmm. and then when did the first movie come out the movie came out in 2001 okay so we were like seven or eight yep and then the last movie came out in 2011, so, like, um, exactly 10 years later. High school graduation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that was, like, the majority of our school. Our and, childhood, and yeah. Our childhood growing up. So it was a huge influence on so many things. Absolutely. So well, and, like, media at the time. Harry Potter is so nostalgic for me. Like, looking back now, like, when I reread the books, I love the books. Mm-hmm. I love the characters. There's so much that I love. But if I were to look at it through a lens of, like, adult Brenna at 28 years old, I don't know if I would love them as much. Because I'm smarter now, I know literature, all that yes. kind of stuff. They're not, like, phenomenal works of art. They're not Lord of the Rings level no. books, right? But they're nostalgic because my dad would read them to me when I was little, and then I read them on my own, and then when books 5, 6, and 7 came out, that's when you waited for books in the uh-huh. bookstore at midnight to buy one. So fun. It was so much fun. Like, Borders, which is not a store anymore, <laughs> Borders and Barnes and & Noble would have, like, parties, and you would uh-huh. dress up, and they'd have food, and they'd have, like, so live music, fun. and then at midnight, you were able to buy the books. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember that so fondly. Like, book seven, I remember my mom bought four copies so that mm-hmm. me and my sister and her and my aunt could all read it at the same time so we didn't have to share. Yeah. And my sister and I locked ourselves in our rooms, and I read that book front to back in one sitting. Yeah. That, and that book is, like, 400 too. pages. It is it's long. so long. But I was so obsessed, and I was so ready to find out the end of the book. Uh-huh. And I read it start to finish. Like, I don't think I ever left my room. I don't. I think it took me, like, two days. Yeah. Two or three days. But I was staying up till like three in the exactly. morning. Exactly. Yeah. Like waking up, reading it all day. Yep. Like I read that book like 
basically 24-7. Oh, yeah. It was so good. And I, like, so I look back on it so fondly, and it shaped so much of uh-huh. why. I think it shaped a lot of why I love to read now. I do, too. Because I loved those books. And, I mean, we mentioned in a previous episode, and Brenda mentioned that they, they do have, like, major plot holes. Yep. And, but, I mean, the original ones are, like, children's books. They are. I mean, they yeah. have, like, even, like, the reading level is pretty low. Yeah. And it stays pretty low, like, consistently throughout. They're not yeah. hard books to no, read. No, they're not. So, for, like, a children's book, especially, like, the first three. The first three, yeah. I, they're, like, as, like, a classic, I think they're, like, very, like, classic children's book. Like, yes. They're very, like, hero's journey. Yes. Um, book one is hero's people. journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, like, people are going to stop reading them. No. Because of that. Yeah. Uh, they're just... They're feel-good books. Yeah. And... Well, and it's magic, and it's uh, excitement, and it's a new world, and it's... Coming of age. Yeah, it's just good. And, yeah, they're really good for that. And just, yeah, interesting characters, like you said. Yeah. So, despite, like, maybe some of those flaws, I do think it has, like, that, like, child-esque... Yeah, it does. ...feel to it. So I was packing up my library, uh-huh. and an entire box... Is Harry Potter books. How many Harry Potter books do you have? So when Harry Potter books. Harry Potter Harry books. Potter books. Oh, so okay. I have I had a set of paper copies. Okay. And then when my husband and I got married, he was really set on getting a set of really nice hardback ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. So we have a set of hardbacks, and then I have two. So I have an extra fourth book and an extra sixth book because those are my two favorites Mm -hmm. that I like those are the original ones that I bought when they came out yeah and they're like ripped to shreds like book four (laughs) isn't attached to the spine anymore because I read it so many times and it's like the pages are yellowed and there's like stains and stuff and I just can't get rid of them Uh and so I have a whole box of just Harry Potter books wow isn't that crazy isn't that it's so nuts I also love the sixth book I love the sixth book and the movie did not do it justice no the visuals in the movie are really good. So good. Like, the part where, like, Dumbledore's, like, yeah. in the ocean. Uh-huh. So good. Yeah. But they just, like, the villains... What's the teacher's name? Slughorn? Not... There's Slughorn, oh. but the... Or, no, she's in the fifth one. Who's the girl in the fifth one? Umbridge? Umbridge. She didn't get justice in the movie. No. She was so horrible. I think, so the fifth book, let me just, let's just talk about Harry Potter for a second. Yeah. This is getting weird. Um, so the fifth book is super annoying because Harry is terrible. Uh Uh-huh. He's so hard to listen to. He's super whiny. He's super moody. Everyone else around him is really great. Is really great. The twins are hilarious. The twins are so good in book five. And then Umbridge is the perfect villain. Uh Uh-huh. I think, in my opinion, I think she's scarier than Voldemort. Oh, she... Her and Bellatrix are, like, on the same So level. scary. Because Bellatrix is so scary. Well, and I think Umbridge is cool because, like, as an adult, it's, like, what the government can do. Yeah. Because yeah. the government... She's the government, and yeah. she's scary, and she can come in and just, like, totally wreck the school. Uh-huh. And she... I mean, she physically tortures the kids. Oh, like, it's... Cr- I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's yeah. crazy. And so... So, she's a good villain, and I don't think the movie quite did her justice. No. I like the actress a lot. The actress was great. And she did a really good job portraying, like, 
a suey exterior that was really toxic on the inside and you could yes. see the toxicity kind yeah. of start to leak out of her. Yes. Um, but it didn't do her justice. And then book six is the funniest book by far. Oh, yes. Because the kids are all like, romantic and emotional Mm -hmm. because they're 16 17 and so they're falling in love with each other and there's jealousy and it's very like teenage drama and then harry gets the elixir and he gets really funny (laughs) and ron gets really funny they're just all so silly in that book Uh and the movie i think because the book is so long the movie skipped around a lot and so if you've never read the book that movie is really confusing the plot line is so hard to follow and so I wish they did a better job because it's such a good book yeah it's by far one of my favorites and you get cool like Professor Snape stuff finally coming out but it doesn't make any sense if you've never read the book that movie is so weird yeah it's really unfortunate it is I also really like the third one I did too the third one's really good a lot of people don't really love the third one I really like the third one the movie was not great they really dropped the ball on the werewolf stuff yeah yeah, and I was really upset about that. I and like know. the time traveling, they did not explain that. No, well. they didn't explain that well either. But it was just a cool aspect, and like the yeah. fortune teller teacher. Yes, I can't remember her name. She's cool. She was so cool. She didn't get really enough screen time in no. the t- movie either. No. So, yeah, the yeah. books are. The books are great. The, books are great. the movies tried. <laughs> And some of the movies are really good. Yeah. That first one is a really good movie. I know. It's really fun. So is uh, the second movie. The I second, the second movie is really yeah. good. The Chamber of Secrets are so spooky. I know. It's so sneak. good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Anyways, so Harry Potter, I think we were a good age group for Harry Potter as well. Yes. Because we kind of grew up with Harry. We were a little young, but it kind of made sense. <laughs> and then we shifted into Twilight. So Twilight, the first book came out in 2005. Which mm-hmm. makes us about 13. Yeah. And the movie was 2009. Oh, okay. And then, because the fourth book came out in 2008. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of started later. Yeah. Because I remember the first two books had, no, the first two books had come out and I had read them both and I thought they were incredible mm-hmm. and I had to wait for the third book and I was really frustrated. Yeah. That I had to wait for the third book, but I did. So I waited for the third book, then the fourth uh-huh. book, and then the movie started coming out. And the movies were such a letdown. Because I loved the books. When I read them the first time, I loved the books. Oh, I loved the books. I read the first book so many times. Yeah. I remember, yeah, very distinct memories talking about Twilight. I remember my seventh grade teacher talking to me about it. Oh, crazy. And how much she loved it. And then I remember talking to my best friend in high school about how much I loved Edward. Oh, <laughs> cute. <laughs> I was a total team Edward fan. I love it. Uh, and I remember that very distinctly. Yeah. So it was a huge part of, like, the literature of the time. It was. It was a like, big deal. Just, like, the culture and what we talked about. Yeah. And I remember there was, like, a team Edward, team Jacob like, stand at the mall. Yeah. Like it was everywhere. Oh, yeah. You could buy shirts. You were... Uh-huh. I mean, everyone was talking about it. It was, like, a personality trait, which uh-huh. team you were on. Uh-huh. It was a big deal. And I wish the movies were better. They're fun to watch now. They are. They're so silly. <laughs> well, and I remember... Okay, so book four had two movies, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so there's one of the movies where all of the vampires meet up with all the Italian vampires yes. in the field. And in the movie... There's that scene where Alice 
has a vision of a war between the two. Uh-huh. And there's, like, all the killing and people are being beheaded and all kinds of crazy stuff is going on. Yes. And I, oh my gosh, so I went with my aunt who was obsessed with these books. Uh-huh. And we were floored. We're like, oh my gosh. Because they changed the whole plot, right? Because that doesn't happen in the book. No. But in the movie. And we were like, what is happening? Uh-huh. What is going on? Uh-huh. This is crazy. Like, we were panicking. Uh-huh. And then it, like, snaps back to her having a vision of all of it. And, like, the whole theater was like, what? Uh-huh. Like, you could hear the gasp in the theater. And yeah. I love those kinds of experiences. So fun. It was so good. It was such a fun twist that they decided to do. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really liked the books. The movies were kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. But I also really liked a lot of the, like, vampire stuff. Yes. That also I did came too. out all the time. Yeah. I, even now, love Vampire Diaries. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you oh. talked about how you watch reality TV as your yes. trash TV. Yes, I watch, Vampires. like, CW, like, teenager yes. garbage TV. Do you watch Riverdale? I used to. Oh. I I ended Riverdale the third season okay. and it was a season too late. <laughs> <laughs> it the first season was really good. I heard it was great. Um, yeah, tangent on Riverdale. First season was really great. <laughs> uh, the characters are great, really uh-huh. interesting. Like some of the visuals even in it are really fun. Yeah, but man, that second season they dropped the ball. And they could have done so well. Oh, that's too bad. And then they get into this like weird like serial killer. Like, I heard it got DNA, really weird. And they got like some culty things in it. And like I watch a lot of trash TV like that. <laughs> I a lot. Yeah. And if I couldn't stick it out, yeah, that says something. That's hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that's funny. So yeah, I love Vampire Diaries. I love it. I think it's funny. The characters are it's good. disasters. Yeah. Every single one. Emotional wrecks. Yeah. Awful. And actually, I liked the season after Elena left. Whoa. The main girl. It got like supernatural type vibes to it. Okay. Which I also really liked. I love supernatural. So I loved supernatural. Yeah. And it was just kind of these like two vampires and a guy. Yeah. Solving supernatural crimes. Oh, interesting. And. Elena was in a coffin somewhere. <laughs> and I really liked it, actually. I thought it was... Funny. Um, I thought they did a good job trying to spin it in a way that people were still interested. Yeah. Because Supernatural was still on at the time. Yeah. Um, but Twilight, the movie, and Vampire Diaries started the same year. Fun fact. Interesting. Yeah. And mm. the first season of Vampire Diaries is a bit rough. It picks up a little bit. Yeah. Because I only watched the first season, then I couldn't do it. When the originals okay. come in, they're so good. Because my husband loves Vampire Diaries. Okay, I know so many men who like Vampire they Diaries. They love it. And he, I don't know why he does, because he liked it, and then he also watched the originals. I didn't watch all the originals. I don't know why, because I did really like it, and it takes place in New Orleans, and I love New Orleans. Yeah, I know. Um, we've, we've <laughs> you <on>. know. <laughs> so I need to go back and watch that one. Yeah, I wonder why men like it. Want to figure I... it out. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like toxic masculinity oh, yeah. at its worst and best. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. So maybe means. that's what it is. Maybe it's empowering. <laughs> I don't know. Just kidding. Um, it's very dramatic. And the plot is very consistent with being interesting and yeah. taking twists and turns. Interesting. I wonder. So huh. it's just entertaining, I guess. Yeah, engaging. I guess. I don't know. A lot of beautiful people. Maybe that's what it is. Trying just to solve. Beautiful people trying to solve supernatural <laughs> yeah. things. Running around. Yeah. 
I love it. Um, so yeah, I really liked that direction. Direction that it took. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the vampire, I don't know. I, I lost a lot of respect for Twilight once I got a little older and I realized how bad the writing was. So bad. It's so bad. There's some good elements to it. We talked about this earlier. Like book two, her ability to write depression is incredible. Uh-huh. Like I remember being depressed when I finished that book. And there's the gap in the pages and like uh-huh. all that stuff that she does. Uh-huh. It's incredible. And I think she did a good job at that. So there's a couple of things. But overall, I lost a lot of respect for it. Honestly, if you're going to read a vampire book, please go read Anne Rice. Like, oh please, my gosh. For our little English hearts, please just do that. Anne for Rice us. is so good. She is incredible. And I don't know it's why more people don't talk so about spooky. her. It's so spooky. Like, I think she just, like. I think she flies under the radar because yeah. some of her books are really big. They're so The long. Witching Hour is huge. So, it's so good. It's so good. I'm never going to read the second one. It was so way too spooky. scary. It got so scary at the end. But that she's so good at it. And she does a better job of showing, like, the history of vampires uh-huh. and the fact that they're, like, almost like humans because they have a history and they have lineage and stuff yeah. like that. And I thought that was good. Did she write Interview for, with a Vampire? She did, yeah. Okay, because that's where Twilight so got it all from. Good. So I watched Interview with a Vampire when I was 20-ish, uh-huh. and then I read the book right after, and I was floored with how much Twilight took from Interview like with it. a Vampire. Because it's incredible how much she took. Like, there's that whole family. Uh-huh. Aren't they in Italy or are they in France? I can't remember. Somewhere but they're a European Europe. family. Yeah. And then um, all kinds of things about, like, aging and uh-huh. still being human but not. And all just all sorts of things and, like, the unpredictability of child vampires. Oh, yeah. There's just so many elements that she took that are straight out of Interview with a Vampire. And it infuriates me. Yeah. Because Anne Rice is an incredible author. She and the movie interview with the vampire so is also good. very good. And I would argue her books are just as scary as Stephen King's. I think so too, and she does a better job because she's not disgusting like Stephen King is. Yeah. yeah, they're just as scary. Yeah, they are just as scary. And I've read a lot of Stephen King, and I've never had to put it down. I had to put Anne Rice down. I was too scared. Uh huh. Yeah, especially that Witching Hour one. Oh. Someone, ooh, Don't yeah. listen to the audiobook, guys. I got spooked. So I had so many nightmares. And I know she was big, like, when Interview with a Vampire came out. Yeah. Like, that was a big deal. Yeah. But... That was, like, the early 90s, though, wasn't it? Because that was baby Brad Pitt and Tom uh-huh. Cruise. And I just... I don't know why she doesn't get more credit now. So. I don't either. Like, to the level and caliber that, like, Stephen King. Yeah. Like, she's... If it's because she's a woman, I'm gonna... I'm gonna riot. Probably. I'm gonna riot. I Let's love do her. it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guys, let's go. I'm going to go on an Anne Rice rampage. We're taking it. Taking them down. Taking them by storm. I know. Here we go. So that's the vampire section. Sorry, we... We're going way off. <laughs> it's fine. Just bear with us, guys. We had a plan. Yeah. Um. So the next one that we were moving on to was dystopian books and dystopian movies. Because dystopian books and movies have been around for a long time, okay. right? But for some reason... In, like, the 2010s, they were huge because uh-huh. Hunger Games came out. I was going to call it Mockingbird again. <laughs> Hunger Games came out. Divergent. Ender's Game had a movie come out. Maze Runner came out. Uh-huh. All those, like, young adult fiction, uh-huh. hero, those movies started coming out. Yes. And they were so big. So big. I remember seeing Hunger Games in theaters. Me too. 
and I loved it. I did too. I was obsessed. I loved it. And I remember reading the books and checking them out from the library, and I devoured that series. I, I did loved too. it so much. It was so good. And those ones are really easy to read. Mm-hmm. She's not a super complex writer either. No. So it was really easy to read. But she had, like, the twists and turns, especially in, like, those last yes. books. So good. And she got she got into, like, the cool politics of it, too, uh-huh. which I think a lot of those books kind of leave out. But hers was really good about, like, the politics and the system and yeah. government and stuff like that. That was kind of yeah. interesting. And she I did like a good job. That. Yeah. My cat just kills the lady. Oh, I know. It's, so, oh, it's all so good. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah, I really, really liked Hunger Games. I watched Hunger Games, like, a year ago. Uh-huh. That movie's hard to watch. It is hard it's to watch. Shaky. It is. It, like, it's hurt weird. My head. I know, it's weird. The yeah. way that they filmed it is strange. Which is unfortunate. I know. Because I didn't like the movie. I know. Too. I really like the second book in the second movie where they do like the yeah. whatever where all the older ones come back. Yeah. I really like that one. I think that one gets a little underrated. I yeah. And the movie was also really it good. It was I really, really good. I really liked that second movie. Yeah. The book was really good, uh-huh. and people just kind of dismiss it because it's like, oh, it's just like the first one, but there's a lot of, like, under... There's a lot of extra stuff. There's a lot of underlying elements. Yes. There's a lot of underlying politics mm-hmm. going on. There's, like, the little secret society within all of those champions uh-huh. that come in. Uh-huh. It's really I good. Liked, yeah. I like that. And seeing, like, how, like, the players had been impacted. Yeah. Like, just because you're a winner doesn't mean, like, you actually get out. Uh-huh. was, like... A really interesting spin on it. Yeah. I like that. So, I think she did a good job. I really liked those. I didn't really get into a lot of the other ones, though. I didn't either. I didn't... I think I read the first Divergent, but I didn't like it. I read Ender's Game, but I read Ender's Game a long time ago. Yeah. I read Maze Runner, and I didn't like Maze Runner. Really? No, because I thought that he did a really bad job at description. Okay. I felt like every time, even as a teenager, I remember thinking, like, this is lame. Because it was like, and he ran faster than he, he had ever run. Uh-huh. And he yelled louder than he had ever yelled. And uh-huh. I was like, really? You can't say anything else? <laughs> so even, like, Teenage Runner was really skeptic. Yeah. And the movies just didn't hit either. Like, I think Hunger Games was kind of it for me. And then I think I moved on to different genres. Yeah. So, but it makes sense because, like, we were 16. Yeah, we were hitting our adulthood in the early 2010s. Yeah, 2010, we were juniors. Yeah, exactly. So we were almost done. So it kind of makes sense that we kind of phased out at that time. But I don't know. So something I wanted to talk about with all of that was that I was thinking that, like, our age group of, like, 1990 to probably 1994 or 5 is probably the perfect age group for Harry Potter and Twilight and Hunger Games Mm -hmm. because we grew up with Harry Potter and Harry Potter doesn't have a lot of like adult problems or love problems or anything like that. It's very magic. It's very independent. It's very childlike friendship based. And so when you're younger than 15, 16, that's what's going to resonate with you is friendship and magic and an orphan and a different Uh school and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh And then we hit 13, 14 and Twilight comes out. And then you have this like mystery man that everybody loves. Mm -hmm. Right. And as you get older, she starts to fall in love with him and then they get married and she becomes a vampire. Uh And I remember thinking like, I would absolutely become a vampire for him. Oh, hands down. I thought that for sure. I would have done that. And so we're like the perfect age group because we hit our teenage love phase 
when Twilight came out. Yeah. If we were younger, we wouldn't have liked it. If we were older, no. we would have thought it was lame. We were perfect yeah. for it. Like, we were the perfect audience. It's like these cultural phenomenons kind of grew up along with, with us. us. Exactly. And the yeah. movies came out as we got older, so we resonated more with Harry Potter and, like, uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. So I think it really hit us pretty perfect. Okay. So I think we got kind of lucky, almost. I think a lot of people missed out. Well, I don't see the see the things that I saw during this time period mm-hmm. now. And like as far as like how big these movies were, yeah. people dressing up, going yeah. to midnight showings. Yeah. I don't see that now. Like even no. the last Harry Potter was a huge deal. It was massive. And some of these other ones, like the last Twilight wasn't it was big, but, but not it as big as Harry Potter. No. And the last Hunger Game was not nearly as big as these other ones. No. And you don't see that now. Like, I feel like we saw it with Marvel a little bit. We talked about this in our very first episode. Uh Uh-huh. But these things were a huge part of what was going on. Yeah. In our lives. Yeah. It was pop culture. It was all of it. Because we didn't have... Yeah, we didn't have social media. We didn't have... Like, reality TV hadn't really hit hard yet. No. So there wasn't anything else. Like, that was it. Yeah. And even, like... I mean, The Bachelor and Bachelorette were on... Keeping with Kardashians were on. Yeah. Those were on, but but they weren't to the those caliber. Those were like adult TV shows. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch those oh, things. Me either. I could watch Survivor, yeah. Amazing Race. Yeah, that was about that was it. it. Exactly. So that was. I mean, yeah, that was all we had, and everyone waited in line for the books, and uh-huh. everyone waited in line for the movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a time. It's great. We're sounding so old. It's <laughs> fine. Okay, so to sound even older, I did some research. And I found this really good article on The Atlantic that was written in 2011, and they talked about why this young adult phenomenon was so big. Because 2011 was kind of, almost, it was kind of coming to an end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, because do you know when Hunger Games came out? Did you write that down? Hunger Games, the book came out in 2010, and the movie came out in 2012. Okay, yeah. So the, it was kind of wrapping up. So... This woman talks about, so the author, Rosenberg, she talks about how this, for some reason, this niche of young adult literature really hit hard because younger children could read it. It was at their reading level, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't inappropriate. So they could still read it. Yeah. And then teenagers, it really hit them because it was a reflection on them, right? They could relate to the character. Mm -hmm. Bella is hardly described, so they can really relate to Bella. Yeah. There's all kinds of reflection going on. Harry has issues Hermione's the smart one. Yeah. Ron's silly. So everyone relates to a Harry Potter character. Yeah. And then adults read it too because it's familiar and comfortable. They know those storylines. They know the hero's journey, mm-hmm. but it has a new face on it. It's got magic now or it has vampires now. And so it's interesting and fun and they'll read it because it's quick yeah. and fast, right? Okay. And so she was talking about how everyone likes these new young adult lit books that are uh-huh. coming out and she didn't ever think they were going to die away and they're not. Young adult lit books are huge now. It's its own yeah. genre. Yeah. I mean, our kids, our students still read these books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so fun to watch my students read Twilight and Harry Potter again. <laughs> it's so fun. And then she talks about the concept of the hero's journey. So we're going to get English teacher on you for a second. Harry Potter is a perfect example of the hero's journey. When I taught the hero's journey to seventh graders, I used Harry Potter as an example. He has the weird past. He leaves his home, which is 
England, he goes to Hogwarts, he has a mentor, he has sidekick friends, mm -hmm. he has a villain, he has all these. So he hits the hero's journey point by point by point, just like Luke Skywalker, yes. everyone else, right? So he hits the hero's journey. Katniss kind of does the same thing. Hers isn't as formulaic, but she does have a journey. Yeah. Right? Especially in the first one. Absolutely. And so and so does like Maze Runner kind of has one. Uh -huh. Um Bella's not so much a hero's journey, but she has a heroic arc of some kind yes. where she does kind of make a difference. Uh -huh. And so that's a big deal because teenagers want to feel like they make a difference. Uh -huh. So they're going to resonate with that. And then she goes on to talk about um, the comparison between old, what was considered young adult literature. So I don't know if you guys know these books, but Sweet Valley High was a huge book collection. Mm -hmm. I had a couple when I was growing up that like my mom gave me. Yeah. Um, and then you have Babysitter's Club, which are mm -hmm. big ones too. Babysitter's Clubs was so good. Sweet Valley High is really good. But they don't have, like, big problems. Their problems are, like, um, friendship issues, mm -hmm. drugs in high school, mm -hmm. boyfriends, all kinds of, like, real-world problems. There's yeah. no, like, extra problems. And so then she has this quote in her article where she says, like, it takes national peril to put the difficulties of everyday life back into perspective. And so okay. it takes, so now, like, lives are so crazy now that Sweet Valley High doesn't take kids away from their everyday life anymore because yeah. that is their everyday life. Yeah. Right? That wasn't interesting. Like, drugs in the bathroom wasn't risque. That's literally second period. Yeah. Right? And so now it takes a dystopian world, a national peril, and a 16-year-old girl to save it all to get kids interested in reading because that's what takes them away from their everyday life. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It's, it totally makes sense. And so what it does is it takes, like, the hope of childhood and then the realities of adulthood and, like, mesh them together. Yeah. And that's why people love Young Adult Lit so much. I love that. The article was so good. Yeah, and it was written 10 years ago. But it was so good. And she, like, really, what I think, like, she put it all into words what I was thinking. Like, these three huge, like, movements of Harry mm -hmm. Potter, Twilight, and then dystopian that's what it is. Like, kids want to get away from their life, mm -hmm. and Babysitter's Club doesn't hit anymore. We no. need more, so now we need magic and vampires and genocide. <laughs> Yikes. So, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think we got lucky. Like Thank I said, you. I think we got really lucky. Like, you and me got lucky. We hit both of those at really good time periods in our life. I have nothing but fond memories about all of those things. Agreed. And then recently, Hunger Games had a new book come out. I haven't read it About President yet. Snow. I was going to say you could borrow it, but it's in a box. Um, <laughs> it's very good. Okay. I really I liked it. it. It gave you some good perspective on him. And cool. then Twilight had a new book come out, kind of. I mean, it had been leaked a few years ago. Yeah. A lot of years ago. Yeah. And that was a huge deal. It was a really big deal. I don't even remember how I got that chapter. Someone emailed it to me when I was in high school. Yeah, same. And I read it on my family computer <laughs> in my computer room at my house yeah. because that's what happened when you yeah. were little. And it was so good. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to read more. And she was so mad that it got leaked that she stopped writing uh -huh. it. I haven't read it though, have you? No, I didn't. I have it. I just haven't read it. I've heard it's phenomenal. One of my students told me it was so good. <laughs> You probably know which student it is. She told me it was so good. Cute. Yeah, it was funny. Um, but, like, good for those women for, like, cashing in on what they know will make them money. Yeah. So good. I mean, right out. Right out to the 
you know, till you, yeah, till you die for real. Yeah, they deserve it. I know. But there was like the connection with Robert Pattinson too between Harry Potter. Oh and yeah. I remember that was a big deal because I'm yeah. always like, was Robert Pattinson like he was in Harry Potter? Cedric Diggory. Yeah. yeah. Now he's in Twilight. Yeah, he's so a big deal. That was a big deal, and I think that made me excited for the movies. Yeah, I think I was too. Um, and really invested in him. Yeah. But I was also upset because that's not how I pictured Edward. Oh, me either. <laughs> I and like looking back, like I don't remember what I pictured Edward to be. No. I just remember that wasn't it. No. He wasn't it for no. me. Bella was fine. Kristen Stewart yeah. was fine. But Edward was not it. I think he was too small uh-huh. for I me. someone a little more bulky. Yeah, a little more bulky, a little taller. Uh-huh. Well, and he's described really bulky, too. Yeah. So, well, and that actor that played Jacob almost got cut from the movies. Really? After the first movie, they almost cut him and found somebody else because they didn't think he could get big enough. Because in the second movie, he's supposed to be huge. Yeah. Right? Because remember, he, like, hits his werewolf gene, and so he gets uh-huh. ripped. Uh-huh. And so he had to prove to the producers that he could get ripped, so he did. Wow. I know. I know. It's a lot of work. When I was in high school, my family went on a vacation to the Washington coast, and I went to that beach. Wow. I know. Cool. It's really pretty out there, actually. <laughs> Like, it's gorgeous. Like, we were leaving, and my mom was like, Brenda, do you want to know what beach that was? And she told me, and I died. I was like, stop. Really? Yeah. It was really cute. And there really are, like, Indian reservation um, stores and homes all over the place over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, because it's, like, an actual Indian tribe out there. That's cool. Native American tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I like that. To kind of, like, wrap this up, Aubrey and I wanted to talk to you about our Harry Potter houses. Yes. Because we are millennials, and we are very aware that it's our personality trait to talk about this. <laughs> I've taken the test multiple times. One of my co- co-workers made me take it three times because he didn't believe me. <laughs> I am a Ravenclaw 100%. Yes, I'm also a Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of boring of us, actually, that we're the same house. I mean, it checks out. Though. It does check out, though. Um, I I did take one where it, like, puts you into percentages, and I was Ravenclaw, and then the most, and then I was Slytherin, and then Gryffindor, and I, like, wasn't any Hufflepuff, is I, what I was. I think my Gryffindor and Hufflepuff would be switched. Oh, okay. I think I'd be a little bit of a Hufflepuff, because I can be a pushover. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a Gryffindor at all. <laughs> like, this, like, valiant... Mm-hmm. Go till you die, bravery. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not me. Like I'm like a Slytherin, or like, like I'm like the Ravenclaw. Where I'll like, try and figure it out. Yeah. Or I'm like the Slytherin. I'm like I'm gonna dip. Like, I'm just gonna. I'm out. Like, I'm not gonna deal with this. It. Is not my problem. No. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah, I'm not a Gryffindor. Uh huh. At all. Yeah. Whatsoever. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 I think it. I don't know. I just think it's funny. But yeah, I'm a I'm a Ravenclaw. I try to figure yeah. out my problems. So what does that mean? We are. I'm gonna look that up. So we are learners, wise, witty, intellectual. See, that doesn't sound like me though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> they tend to be academically motivated and talented students. Pride themselves yeah. on being original in their ideas and methods. Okay. I mean, sure. I mean, I pretend to be original. I'm not. I pretend to be original, too. I'm definitely not. (laughs) Our worst quality is that we're judgmental. Fact. Oh, my gosh. That, I mean, that proves it right there. That's it. That's why we're Ravenclaw's judgmental. That's (laughs) it. Because of our worst qualities. That's it. Oh, that's so funny. That's really, really funny, though. I mean, yeah. 
Jokes out. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're yep. so judgmental. Well, that's our short episode today, guys. Yeah. We just wanted to, I mean, mostly I just got really interested in this when I started researching it, so I wanted to talk about it. Humphrey loves her vampire stories. She found a new theory that she's going to look up more, and when she has all the information, she'll tell us about it. Yeah, it might be like a spooky episode. That'd be fun. That would be fun. If you take anything away from this episode, go watch Interview with the Vampire. And read Anne Rice. And read Anne Rice. So good. She deserves all the fame. She does. Oh my gosh. To spook me. Imagine they made a TV show out of the witching hour. I wouldn't watch it. Oh my gosh. That'd be so scary. It would be so scary. It'd be so scary. Like, guys, like, the devil is real. Based yeah. on that book. I can't believe it. Oh I will not move to Louisiana just based on those books. That's fair. Hard pass. But we gotta go to New Orleans. Okay. Ooh. I think you'd really like it. Okay, everybody needs to know this. If Aubrey goes missing in New Orleans, she did get taken by a vampire. Yeah. So someone needs to go find her. Reporter to all the true crime podcast women. A vampire took Aubrey. Yep. And she let it happen. (laughs) Because if she comes across a vampire, she's going to let it happen. (laughs) I just, I want to know. It was a willing, it was a willing participant issue. Yes, Yes. it was. was. It's not like culty. Like, I'm not, like, following them into... That's true. <laughs> she's but, not, that's true. She's not a cult. No. <laughs> but, like, am I going to try and, like, actively seek them out just to, like, ask them some questions? I want to just interview a vampire. That's all I want. Well, you, then you just need to go talk to Brad Pitt. But I don't want to talk to Brad Pitt. Yes, you do. I Everyone mean, else well, yeah, I do. <laughs> but not about vampires. Could you imagine? <laughs> Tell me about that movie you were in in the early 90s. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you did. Shut me down real quick. Um, did you know, I learned this online, did you know that Tom Cruise sends Kirsten Dunst flowers every year on her birthday because they worked on that movie together when she was a child? That's really sweet. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I love that a lot. I think it's so cute. Wow. I know. What a guy. I know. <laughs> He's nuts. <laughs> but at least he has a one redeeming quality. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, we need to stop. So, um, thank you very much for listening to this really weird episode. I hope you learned something interesting or not, and we'll see you next time. Bye.